Picking up the pieces of my sweet shattered dream I wonder how the old folks are tonight Her name was Anne and I'll be damned if I recall her face She left me not knowing what to do Carefree highway, let me slip away on you Carefree highway, you've seen better days The morning after blues, from my head down to my shoes Carefree highway, let me slip away, slip away on you That was Carefree Highway by Gordon Lightfoot, and this is, I can barely believe it, episode 286 of PZ's podcast entitled Sine Qua Non. Now, I chose the excerpt from that really very affecting song because it's quite subtle and quite moving, Um, and the subject of this episode entitled Sine Qua Non is really the bottom line of human life as we prepare to lay it down. That is to say, what is the final and most, um, the crucial insights or states of mind, really, to be within as one wraps up, and in fact, as one at any moment in your life, no matter whether you're 25 or 85, um, approach the next Day because the possibility of, uh, of a complete collapse um, is always there, and of course, ultimately, it's a probability when it comes to your physical health. Now, this actually is a very fun cast and a very uh, interesting one, and in my opinion, a very um, hopeful one. Uh, it starts with the um, insight that the um, unconscious author of Carefree Highway has in his song, because he's obviously just broken up with someone, and he's absolutely and totally at a loss. He's utterly and completely devastated, and the song is uh, highly ironic, because it's called Carefree Highway, and he keeps talking about this new highway he's on, this new path uh, that is carefree, and it's obviously that it's not carefree. It's a pathway entirely determined by a loss, and he even uh, has that uh, line about the old folks. He 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 punts back to his he, he his things are so bad that he he thinks of his uh, his uh, uh, earlier life and his parents and his home, and he says that he doesn't even remember her face. Her name was Anne, and I think etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And then he keeps repeating this. Uh, this mantra, carefree highway, and then he talks about uh, his, uh, he's undone from his head down to his toes. And what that says is that the, um, the areas of life in which a person is unrealized or in many ways shattered, to quote another brilliant Jimmy Webb song sung by Glenn Campbell, the areas of a person's life that are unresolved are often, while hidden, the bottom line, and they must be dealt with before dissolution, because if they have to be dealt with, because they are there, and if they're not dealt with before dissolution, there's nothing you can do about them. That life that you've been given is over, that particular life, when you die. And um, we saw it so clearly, Mary and I were watching the seven-hour-long 
utterly brilliant, but at first formidable in the extreme Russian 1960. 67, 68 version of War and Peace, directed by Sergei Bondarchuk and uh, Sergei Bondarchuk, and uh, I'd seen it once long ago, and then we saw it together about 15 years ago, and now it's on a beautiful new Criterion release, the way it was originally meant in widescreen Panavision, and it's really something. But there is a scene because the Bondarchuk and his writers have very carefully put it voiceovers of the characters innermost thoughts at decisive moments of the action, you catch what they are truly thinking at the very deepest level of themselves when certain important things happen. And one of them is uh, when the first wife of Prince Andre uh, is dying uh, after the birth of her child. She um, regards herself as completely alone and deserted by her family and indeed by her husband, who in fact is there, but she's too sick to know at that point, and he's been away the whole time anyway. And uh, she... Um, She's dying, and she dies, and it's like that scene at the opening of uh, Pizzi's Panopticon. Her soul, you might say, or her invisible being herself, is looking down on the event, and the voiceover uh, has this to say of this young woman who's just died after giving birth to her child. She says, I, um, I don't understand, she says. I, I gave you everything. I gave... I spent my whole life giving for others. I spent my whole life doing for everybody else. And you all treated me so badly. You, 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 you seemed to hate me. You, you rejected me. You, you put me away. You showed no love to me. What did I do? All I did was want to love. And what did I do? And she's only about 19 uh, or 20. But that's her final word in her life. And I thought to myself, golly, you know, you... What a wonderful thing that Tolstoy and Bondarchuk uh, do in putting the bottom line of life. And what you find is that when you get to points of great crisis, and especially as you go on, there are certain things that really do define your fundamental core position. Therapists are, you know, um, think that they're, and often do, get you to the core. What's the big question of your life or the big... <laughs> <laughs> the big preoccupation or the big negativity or the big loss or the big <clears throat> disappointment. And there's almost always something. And so, on that basis, I was uh, I lost some sleep the other night after I saw that section of War and Peace because I, I wondered, do we all have some kind of a sort of last word on our own disappointed selves, a last word on the loose ends, uh, loose end often that is still there? What do we need to have in order to die, unlike Prince Andre's wife, whose name escapes me, first wife, what can we say to that person, that poor looking down on her bereft life, what can we say to ourselves, what do we need in order to resolve these things and come to um, what the, the prayer of, uh, isn't it, um, uh, Cardinal Newman, that we would have peace at the last, that beautiful prayer of, of his in the prayer book, and I came up, believe it or not, in the middle of the night with three things, and I, I want to give them to you. There were three thoughts that I had on this question. The first thought was, um, what we first need is we need, uh, it would, if we can have gratitude for everything that we've done for the whole nine yards, wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? Gratitude. Um, 
By that I mean to say, I don't want to say something false or something that's sort of overlaid uh, arbitrarily on unfortunate facts for which we would never rationally give thanks, but rather, looking back on the whole nine yards, can you see basically a gratitude? Can you see, can you see what God did? Can you see that all in all God's hand was in it? All in all, there was a merciful hand, and Mary and I can unequivocally say that about our lives to this point. Of course, we've had... Um, times and issues and circumstances and fighting what fears within and fear, fear, fear something something without and fears within uh, we, we we know that as well as anyone listening to it but um all in all gratitude for the way the land has the, the way things have fallen gratitude and i can say that without any question i'm very grateful to be able to have that of course there are a few you know, things, more than a few, but nevertheless, gratitude. What's the second thing? The second thing, these are sine qua nones, to give the title of the cast, sine qua nones, without which not. These are essentials. They are not, they are not secondary uh, gleanings. They are essentials. And the second one would be peace. Can you, do you actually have peace? By that I mean to say, can you rest in the, uh, what sometimes some traditions call the welcoming prayer, or the, the, uh, the, uh, Assimilation of negativity. Can you, if that's Frank Lake, can you rest in the harmony and the calm that all things have been given and that you have peace about the way, again, the way the lines have gone? Isn't that a line in the Old Testament? The way the lines have fallen in peaceful places. Can you actually have peace? And I mean, I look at myself, I, I, I do. There's, you know, there may be one or two things which I do not yet have peace about and I long to have peace about certain elements of career or adolescence or um, you name it everyone has a few at least I think they do most people do Um, but peace is coming there's tremendous peace peace like a river maybe not but peace like a beginning to be a feel like a river. Peace means acceptance, not just gratitude, but actually acceptance, even of those things which were, which were terrible, which were, um, which were, uh, you, you can only, you, which otherwise stick out like sore thumbs, and, you know, you still gravitate back to that particular omission, or that particular blame, or that particular accusation, and that particular bitterness, or that particular individual, you know, that you'd like to just strangle, literally, and, and would love to hear that bad things had befallen them. Uh, And uh, that's not what you want. You want to have peace. So I've said uh, thanksgiving or gratitude. I've said peace. And the final thing, and here's we come to the last song I'm going to play too, and this probably is the most important one, is is, um, hope. And by hope, I mean letting hope that after the dissolution, after you've died physically, that you're falling into the arms of love and not into the arms of utter and complete uncertainty or even uh, an appalling, yawning nothingness or profound discomfiture and hurt and um, persistence of pain, that you're not going into nothing, but that you're not going into pain. What did uh, that uh, D.M. Thomas novel, uh, I always forget the novel, where they all end up in kind of a purgatory, that you can throw yourself off the cliff of the ending of your natural life, or shall I say, willingly jump off the diving board into a um, a, a, a hopeful, uh, catch me if you can, you know, by the 
catch me, catch me, catch me, I'm falling. That's what you want. You remember in the stunning sequence in Time Must Have a Stop by Aldous Huxley, I think it's his, if not his last novel, it was certainly his favorite novel, when the uh, wealthy but very, very declined and very degenerate and profoundly um, off-base aesthete uh, dies in Italy and uh, Huxley follows his spirit, his soul, and he really doesn't, he, he wants to go, he's he's very, very, he's, he's not resolved anything. He's a complete mess and he, he happens to die while he's in the bathroom. He falls over and he dies in the bathroom and no one's there with him and his soul passes in this long, long passageway which he, in a sense, finally engineers back to the negative and he gets reincarnated in the, in the, uh, in the body of a Italian art dealer who's, or maybe French, fleeing the Germans in the invasion of France in 1940. Oh my gosh. But whether that's right or not, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that dies, even if it's accidentally or even if it's suddenly. You want to be the one who's prepared. And preparation means hope. Hope that really there is a God to bring you, take you, this is sort of the Paula White side of life, uh, an, a, a, an optimistic conviction that you are going towards a future that is wonderful and that is without tears and is very much in line of the 21st and 2nd chapter of the book of Revelation, that you are jumping into a new and powerfully um, hopeful, renewed, eternal future of loving companionship and fellowship and unmediated unity with God. And that is where we end. So where did I end? I We're going to end, by the way, with a song that I regard as very, very positive, uh, very, very um, um, hopeful. Uh, you all may laugh. It's Livingston Taylor's song, Carolina Day, which from like from 1974, maybe, or 70. Five, uh, not a song that you may think of. It's not religious, uh, but it it's a very optimistic song. It's uh, you know he has a smile, the sun is rising, and he's got a girl, and uh, it's an extremely optimistic song from Livingston Taylor. And I was with somebody the other day, and he suddenly started playing Livingston Taylor. I said, "How did you ever hear Livingston Taylor? What is this? What is that about?" And he said, "Oh, I've always loved that song, Carolina Day, and because it's so up, it's you want to get something that's up, that's really up." that's uh, up from reality, that is to say, up out of. It is an up, optimistic song, out of a real conviction of hope and truth and joy. And that's why I play Carolina Day. But those are the three things that I wanted to commend to Scenic One Owns. Uh, uh, gratitude or thanksgiving for the way it's gone, whether you're 30 or whether you're 60 or whether you're 90. Peace about everything, that it was all ultimately in the hand and in the purpose of the one who was seeking through all things to bring you closer to him. And I do believe that. I do. I mean, I have 100% peace, but I believe that deeply. And finally, um, and I have it with, you know, a few areas that I'd love to um, grow a little bit more of, uh, but you may identify with that. And then finally, that you're going somewhere um, I'm going over to campground, deep river, deep river. I'm going to campground. Uh, the uh, pilgrim in Pilgrim's Progress who very reluctantly entered the Jordan, the death, and, and yet his uh, friend Faithful um, 
encouraged him and spurred him along. And of course, when he woke up on the other side of the Jordan, there he was in the heavenly city, the celestial city, and all was well. And that's really where I want to end this podcast. Now we listen to Carolina Day. Love you. Carolina Day gonna rise up sometime. Give me good and set a reason and a rhyme. Jump out and sing all the time. Work out a ease of my mind. Carolina day On a plane out of Logan Up comes Sogan Talking on the off-easy time Working out a bottle of rip I want to breathe in that clean fine southern air And we all start to laugh And people start there Thinking them kids are in a funny way But we're all in need Looking to see the Carolina day And Carolina day Don't rise in the morning Don't sit in the evening But I ain't that way Look up in the morning and you got a grin And you're with a girl and you want to stay Then my friend, you're in a Carolina day Oh, it's a Carolina day Elegant Brent, they're loving the child Hey, James is becoming a star Sister Kate's laughing all the time And my brother Hugh's out of wrecking a car and my mother smiles, thinking, isn't it fine that our children are home again? And Louis, my best friend, falls on a bye, we're all together again. And Carolina D, don't rise in the morning, don't set any eating, it ain't that way. Look up in the morning and you got a grin, and you're with a girl, and you want to stay. Then, my friend, you're in a Carolina day. It's a Carolina day And Carolina day gonna rise up sometime Give me good and I said a reason and a rhyme Jump and sing all the time Work out easy my mind Oh, it's a Carolina day Zipping on down to the CC house Thought I put my father on then smokes, then booze, then toast, then a hurt, and my head went dead and gone. And my doctor shot a lot of money and time, and a few friends sticking around. Honey, taking care of this, a farmer, Carolina, they didn't let me down. And Carolina, they don't rise in the morning, don't sit in the evening, but I ain't that way. Look up in the morning, and you got a grin, and you're with a girl, and you want to stay. Then, my friend, you're in a Carolina day. Carolina Day